0: There's a huge value to totally disconnecting. For me, that's being unreachable, having no agenda, and this happens on a run. A runner's high is a real thing. The goal setting, the resilience, the ability to kind of work through challenges is something that is very parallel to being in an executive position.
1: Hello and welcome to Run The Business, the weekly podcast that explores the place where running and leadership Come together. We'll find out what running can teach us about leading, managing people, and generally being better in business. We'll also try and answer that question do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay, and today I'm joined by someone who is literally at the intersection where running and business meet. She is the CEO of New York Roadrunners, responsible for delivering one of the world's most iconic marathons, the New York Marathon, the New York City Marathon, to give it its correct title, with over 50 years of history. But that's only part of what she does and who she is. She's also an extremely successful business advisor, a consultant, a strategist in many companies in both the public and private sector. She's worked across finance, sports, entertainment, health and wellness, and public policy. She has an MBA from Harvard Business School and now sits on the board at Harvard. And she also has an AB in economics from Princeton University. She's worked tirelessly to create a more inclusive, welcoming environment at the New York City Marathon. She's a New Yorker that makes things happen. Karen Hempel, uh, welcome to run the business.
0: Thank you so much. I'm pleased to be here.
1: Karen, how are you today?
0: I'm doing really well. I had a good morning run to kick it off this morning. So I'm ready to go and ready for your uh, uh, topics here.
1: And it's always good to start and talk about running. Tell us about your your morning run. And I guess it's in New York. Where do you you
0: go? Yeah, well, actually today, which is rare for me, I actually ran inside on a treadmill, um, because I was running super early. But that is not my preferred method. Um, But I had to get up um, even earlier than I typically do. I usually run around 4.30 or so in New York, but I, I had to get up a little bit earlier for something. Um, so I ran downstairs in the gym in my building and uh, I still enjoyed it, even though it isn't my, my
1: preference. Well, that's amazing because that was one of the things that we we kind of get onto in the podcast is is what the best time to run is. And as you've mentioned it, I'm going to sort of jump in on that on that question. Do you find that running at specific times for you uh, gives you uh, an edge, gives you an advantage if, if, if you're running at a certain time of, of the day. Are there times of the day where it, it just doesn't work for you and, and you, don't, you can't get into the groove?
0: Yeah, well, for me, I am a morning runner. If I don't do it first thing in the morning, it typically doesn't happen. Um, my ideal time is later in the morning. So on the weekends, you know, I'll run around eight o'clock, which feels very... Um, exciting, but during the weekdays, I, I typically run, the alarm clock has a, a four handle on it, uh, I usually run around 4.30, 4.45. Um, but the fun thing about New York is, even at that time, it, it's still pretty energizing. Um, never alone. The newspaper men are out, the bakers the, in the bakeries, the doormen at the hotels, and, and all of those young people who are still going out late at night are out there. So it's a fun experience. Um, but for me, it's the way to kind of get the day started. I wake up, my body wakes up, uh, I get ready for the day, and I'm able to do all that before, you know, my kids wake up for the day and the dog needs to be walked and I need to get to work.
1: Absolutely. And, and do you, you know, flipping that into business, do you find there are times in the day where you are uh, more active more productive in, in your in your work do you, and do you select things that you do knowing that at certain times you're going to be in a better frame of mind for it
0: Yes, I think that I my key functioning time just in general in life is between like 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. I think I'm a morning person, as you can tell, um, but my best thinking is usually right when I get to work, I've already, my body's awake, I'm ready for the day, um, and I've been thinking about things, whether that's on my run or, you know, in the process of getting ready. And so I have a lot of ideas and really feel like I can be most productive As the day goes on, typically, you know, things come up that are maybe not expected. Um, Meetings happen at work that go in one way or the other. And so I think it's hard to have control over the day later in the day. Um, And so I like to try to plan the deep thinking and productive work for uh, earlier on.
1: That makes total sense. And a question that I I wanted to ask right at the beginning is, you know, you are CEO of a marathon, not just any marathon, the the New York City Marathon. What does the CEO of a marathon do.
0: It's a great question and no no days are really the same. So in addition to the New York City Marathon, our organization produces over 50 events a year. Um, we also create uh, programs for school children and resources for runners of all ages and abilities all the way through senior citizens. We have walking programs. So we have hundreds of employees that are working 365 days a year, both on the marathon and all of our other programs and events. Um, so each day might be different. We might have an activation where I'm visiting a site for um, you know, one of our school programs or our open runs, which kind of bring people together in city parks. Um, I'm doing a lot of work on, uh, with our board and board governance and, and kind of the overall structure of the organization. Similarly with, um, we have our executive leadership team meetings weekly where we're uh, trying to focus on some of the, the bigger issues that are gonna drive um, the kind of medium and longer term direction of the organization.
1: And, and I know you are a huge champion of diversity and inclusion and, and running is something that we've seen around the world bring people together from all walks of life. And, and uh, you know, your marathon is, is a great example of that. Can you t- tell us a little bit more about the things you've done uh, with the marathon to to champion that diversity and inclusion that's so important?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that one thing that we always start with is that running really is a democratized sport in terms of giving people access to the ability to participate. And so we've been very focused on looking at diversity, not just in traditional measures of diversity, but also in diversity of kind of lived experiences and paces and where people feel comfortable. And how do we not only make our events um, and the marathon open to all, but to really make people feel welcome. So we've done a a lot of work recently um, focused on um, a gender expansive definition. So we've expanded our registration options Um, to include non-binary in addition to our men's and women's categories. We've also really looked at um, pricing and expanded some of our race-free programs. So to give opportunities um, to folks that might not be able to afford our race entries, um, but that want to have access in in different ways. And then we've really done, Uh, quite a bit of outreach with our international travel partners, especially for the marathon to bring that international, um, connectivity back to the New York city marathon. Um, unfortunately last year, the U.S.'s travel ban was lifted the day after the literal day after the marathon. So we had a number of uh, international participants that were registered. Um, and then when they got the uh, official ruling, weren't able to participate. So some were, but you know, many of the countries were still not permitted. Um, so I think our outreach efforts have really, um, are in the mantra of, you know, how can we make running accessible, welcoming, um, and engaging for a broader swath of, of the population?
1: Absolutely. And, and the New York Roadrunners, you mentioned, you know, the mission and, and inspiring people is an important part of, of what you do. You must have been in the company of some amazing athletes and some inspiring people through, you know, the time that you've specifically worked on the marathon. How have those athletes, those people, impacted on, on you and are there any sort of stories you can tell us about some of the people that you've met?
0: Sure. You know, I think that the, the really cool thing about the marathon is unlike any other sport, the masses or any person is running on the same course on the, at the same day as the top people in the event. It is like if you were going to play at Wimbledon against Nadal, like you don't get to do that as a, as a mortal, right. But in the marathon you do. And so love, it's amazing to see the pro athletes who are, you know, at the, The pinnacle of their sport, really engaging. I mean, they come participate in the expo at bib pickup. They're cheering on runners. They, once they finish, they'll come back hours later and help cheer on our final finishers and like deep into the night. And so, I think that. Is really, um, I've worked across professional sports in a number of different capacities, and I think the real beauty of running is the fact that um, there's so much unification between um, the participant base and and the pro athlete base, um, and all of these runners just have such amazing stories. I mean, we've celebrated um, some of our pro athletes coming back, you know, soon after um, becoming um, uh, parents. Um, we've seen people overcome massive injuries um, or running to for a cause whether that's for their country or for other elements so the platform of running to really showcase um you know the transformational power and really the amazing things um that these athletes are able to do um is quite incredible
1: has has fitness and health always been a core part of of who you are because because you were a soccer player weren't you for for many years
0: yeah. Um, so, you know, I've always been an athlete. My my parents were both athletes. Um, and growing up, I played all sorts of sports, but did eventually sort of focus deeply um, in soccer, which was um, my main passion. But running, you know, is always a part of these different sports. But even before organized sports, I can... Vividly remember in elementary school at recess time, um, just running around the school playground. We just ran like I remember racing yeah. classmates and girls versus boys, and all of these you know um, things. And sometimes even today, when I'm running um, and I kind of get that excitement in a race, um, sometimes I flash back to that feeling of someone chasing me around a schoolyard. It's really yeah. just a very intrinsic kind of excitement and push to to win, like someone's chasing you or that you want to do that. So. Um I don't know some of my best memories some of my very best friends are from my my sports teams and and just um, that energy has always been important.
1: Great. And and this podcast is obviously about you know how running might help people in in business and in in leadership and uh thinking specifically about that how, how does how does running help you be better in, in your work? And I, I know your your role and your your job is directly connected to running but are there examples of where running has Given you a lesson in something that you've maybe transferred into your work, or it's helped you in some way,
0: for sure. And I think I remember both in university and in my professional life. You know, running has always been my processing time. Um, So when I'm out on a run, I feel like my mind is clearer. You hear a lot of people talk about you know being able to think through things that you're either worried about or you're stuck on, and you kind of gain a new perspective. Um, I think the process of running helps actually process things differently um, than when you're sitting at a desk or talking to someone. Um, And I always think, and maybe obviously I'm biased with my current organization, that adage of it's a marathon, not a sprint. I think that really comes to mind to me um, about leadership in particular, um, because leading an organization always requires a much longer term mindset and viewpoint than others might have like in the organization. And when you're marathon training, you know, the pieces that you're working on or putting in place, they have benefits down the road, but they might be difficult or painful in the near term. So I think that being a runner and especially a distance runner has helped me to build up that um like delayed gratification muscle and the discipline to stay the course and to to think more long term.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And 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 you do work, you know, just thinking in some of the other places that that you work and operate that are outside of uh, specifically health and fitness uh, are there elements of, of your sort of running uh, experience that you take over to those areas as well
0: yeah you know I, I think that um, I, you know I can't think of a big business problem or challenge that I haven't really thought through on a run I can envision those times thinking through not that I've always solved it but I've, I've brought different perspectives um, but I think from a real simple way. I, you know, I'm in a dual career household. We have three kids and a dog um, and a work day that's packed with meetings. And so I think really just having that space, um, whether that's working in the running industry, working in the financial sector, um, having a separate place to do thinking um, and, and have that kind of quiet time is super important, always has been in whatever professional pursuit that I've had.
1: Okay, makes total sense. And we were we were chatting the other week, and you mentioned a stat that that really blew my mind. And correct me if I get this wrong, but it was something like ninety percent of women in C suite roles in in U.S. business come from a a college athletics background. W- was that was that right?
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's about right. I can't. I'm try. I'll find you the source. Like, um, I was at uh, you know a. a- something that was focused on Title IX, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary, which is when there was passage about um, equal um, support for women's sports in the US in 1972. Um, And so that stat was shared with me. And I was thinking anecdotally um, to the people that I know in C-suite roles in, in public companies in the US, and I don't personally know of any that weren't athletes, but I found that stat quite resounding. Um, but, you know, I definitely understand. I think that the kind of goal setting, the resilience, the ability to kind of work through challenges is something that is very parallel to being in an executive position, especially in a, like a large scale public company.
1: And, and how far off do you think we are from that that playing field, that track being, being balanced? Uh, do, do you sense, in, you know, in, in the time that you've been, Uh, you know, a leader, do you think things are becoming more fair or do you think there's a lot of work to do?
0: Um, You know, I I do. I think that, you know, my background has mostly been in the financial sector. So I worked on Wall Street for a number of years and in sports. And so in addition to kind of typical um, executive leadership, um, balance towards male finance and sports are especially balanced that way. But I do, you know, I've seen even in the the past 20 years, a, a huge difference, both from um, you know, women um, gaining um, positions of power, but also the the support um, from the male leaders and really seeking out diverse perspectives, whether that's from a gender perspective, um, a racial, religious, different background pers- perspective and understanding and appreciating having the different voices at the table, really helping to make better decisions. So I've seen a, quite a bit of, of progress. Um, and you know, I'm excited to see uh, the next 20 years. I do two of my three kids are, are girls, so I'm excited to see what it looks like for their professional careers down the line.
1: Fantastic! And and from a, a, a thinking back to you know the teams that you work with on the the New York City Marathon, uh, does everybody run, or are there are, are, <laughs> you know is it you know how, how does the sort of you know the mix of ath- athletic types runners uh, you know balance up, and and do you? Do you encourage, uh, you know, people to go out running together? Do you, know, I, I kind of want to get at that question of, you know, do you prefer running on your own or do you like being in groups?
0: Um, so a couple of things. So at our, at New York Roadrunners, I would say we, we, definitely have a higher percentage of runners than the average organization, yeah. um, which is not surprising, but that does not mean everybody at our organization is a runner. We have a really good um, mix of, of people that prefer yoga or um, you know other elements. But the idea of kind of um, health and wellness is pretty pervasive at our organization. Um, I do, we have a lot of different meetups. So our, we host different sports teams and we do have folks that um, you know, run during the day. We have meetups at lunch for walks in the park. When we when we renovated our office, we actually put in showers so that folks could go run, but we our office is quite close to Central Park, so people could go um, for a run and come back and take a shower and get on with their work day. So um, I think, especially in a post-COVID world, um, thinking about the intersection of life and work in a new way to really ensure that people are able to kind of live their full self at work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. And, you know, when you run, do you ever, uh, do you ever get bored? Uh, How do you, um, how do you keep, you know, interested and alive and engaged when you're on the long runs in particular?
0: Yes, I think I'm a little bit of an outlier here, but um, I'm a, running purist, or my husband would say a really boring runner. I don't run with music or anything in my ears. I don't even have a phone or anything tracking Mm me. Um, Maybe it's my escapism. I I don't want anyone to find me while I'm running. (laughs) Um, Or maybe I'm just very low tech and challenged in that way. Um, So, you know, I, I don't have any great Tips in that way. I really do prefer to have that as really downtime and just give myself some space. I also do like running with friends occasionally as a catch up. Um, I would just say the the majority of my miles are are done solo.
1: Okay, makes sense. Um, The the New York Roadrunners also delivered. You know, you mentioned. I think you mentioned it earlier on the Team for Kids program. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works and what that does for the community?
0: Sure. So our team for kids program is a fundraising platform that then um, funds our youth programs Um, and our youth programs are called Rising New York Roadrunners. And we have school based programs where we provide resources for physical education teachers or any sort of uh, different teacher after school programs that encourage kids to run, teach them different elements of fitness and health, and then provide incentives for them to complete certain amounts of workouts or miles um, to keep them engaged and and setting different goals. So our Team for Kids program in which people can sign up um, and be part of with the marathon or a number of our other races is uh, a fundraiser helps to fundraise for those programs. And within that fundraising element, um, we help train the runners. So even if you've never run a marathon, you can sign up and we have dedicated coaches that will um, design plans for you so that you can safely get to the starting line and to the finish line, hopefully, um, of the marathon. Uh, And along the way, there'll be support in both the fundraising aspect and the training aspect. And for those that are um, geographically located, where we have in-person um, long runs and different support elements, and those that are far away, um, it's a virtual platform.
1: That's it's fantastic. And, and do you see the? Uh, I mean, I guess you have, but you, have you seen the direct benefits of that program over the years? And and have you have you seen individuals sort of come from from one you know angle, one place, to, uh, and actually have that success that you talk about, that crossing the finish line?
0: For sure. I think that a lot of people when they're trying something new and we call it like a bucket list item or, you know, they've never considered this. um, I think having that supportive environment, both from the coach and people that are real expert in the space, but also from the fellow runners on the team that are working together. um, It really creates this community that helps and keeps people accountable to their training, but also really encouraged um, to stick with it. So uh, we've seen so many stories of people who. Um, had never even done a mile and are able to train for a marathon in a matter of months. Um, People coming back again. We saw a number of frontline workers after um, COVID come back from um, having different illnesses and, and just um, have really difficult times through that, come back and train, and really fo- be able to focus on a long-term goal. We've had people overcome cancer and other things, and really having this as a comeback moment. So it's um, been very fulfilling to to hear their stories and to see how that platform helps them, as it's also helping our organization.
1: And you mentioned shared goals. There, I think in in business, that's that's such an important thing for a for a team to to be successful, isn't it? To for everybody in the team. To understand what the objectives are, share those goals, and know you know what what their role, what their part in achieving those goals is. I, I guess with the with the marathon work that you do, that's really clear because there's an event, there's there's a specific thing that everybody is aiming to deliver. But it sounds like there's a lot of other stuff going on, you know, as well. That, you know that that maybe every everybody doesn't see. How do you think you know people in business who maybe don't have that sort of, you know, pinnacle event that they're aiming for? How do do shared goals, you know, common objectives, how can they play out and help you know, people in business um, achieve their objectives? It's a great question and one that
0: I think organizations as they get larger tend to struggle with. Um, for us, you know, one one time a year or a few times a year we have what we call kind of all hands on deck events, the marathon being one of those. And that's very clear. Everybody's kind of sh- in a shared goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think throughout the year, um, as I mentioned, with so many different programs and events going on that not everybody's a part of, what we try to do is really focus on the, the transparency and like the a shared celebration. So we have town halls once a month where we kind of have, we highlight and profile different things that are going on at the organization. And um, some of the colleagues share each time about a, a key event or a program or um, something that we're looking at, whether it's, you know, rebranding or something from the marketing department or the delivery of a new program for high school girls. And we'll be able to have that subject matter expert share out. And so pe- other people that don't touch it in the organization can understand you know what they do and also celebrate their success even if it hasn't been together i think especially in a you know with so much um separation during the pandemic. I think having people come back together to understand what's happening outside of their little Zoom window with only their own team um, has been really important to help to try to build back that cohesiveness of, a, of an organization.
1: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this post-COVID sort of space that we're in and, and how that's impacted on work. What's the biggest, um, you know, learn the biggest takeaway that you've had from the last uh, you know few years and, and how has that changed the way you approach work? you know, now and into the future?
0: Um, you know, I think what has really helped me focus on is the intentionality. I think that everyone could fill their days with Zooms because there's so many things to catch up on when people weren't in purpose, in person. Um, but it is also forced uh, to look at kind of time management and being intentional about what things, um, you know, must happen and also giving the space on the calendar for the, um kind of the natural spontaneous elements of interacting with coworkers, running an idea by somebody, which maybe isn't doesn't warrant setting up a meeting, but really is that kind of magic that helps organizations coalesce and drive towards the future. Um, so I think it's really forced a discipline that um I I has been a great reminder coming back now that we're in the office um a bit more.
1: Yeah, totally get that. Yeah. Um, Switching back to running, um, can you tell us about uh, you know you mentioned your early morning runs in in New York. Uh, can you tell us about a specific run near you uh, that you enjoy doing on a regular basis? Actually, it might not be near you now. So it's somewhere in the world that that you know there's a run, a memorable run that you've got in your head. That when you just sort of picture that that time doing it, it just takes you to a, a different place. Is there anywhere special that you love to run? Um, you
0: know. I think traveling for me when I first land almost anywhere, I try to go for a run. I remember when I was dating my husband, so this is more than 20 years ago, um, he was living in London. And so we traveled quite a bit and I went to some cities that I hadn't been to. And I remember one of the first early morning runs through Prague, um, just going and seeing the amazing architecture and the differences um, from one kind of block to the next and up to the different castles was so magical. I felt that I was being transported like in a fairy tale. So that really sticks out as a run where I was just kind of looking up the whole time and not knowing where I was going or how long I was running, but just being really taken by it. Um, And then also, you know, recently um, I took my kids, we went to Hawaii, um, which they had never been to before, which was pretty uh, magical in their eyes. But there's a lot of um, state parks there uh, from the volcano and going out into very desolate, you know, black rock national parks that are on the coastline where you just feel like, There's nothing there and you could have been in the dinosaur age. Um, You know, that was a very different experience to where I typically run. But on a day to day basis in New York, I love running along the West Side Highway, um, which uh, goes along the Hudson River from the George Washington Bridge all the way in northern Manhattan, all the way down around by the seaport and then up on on the east side, passing the Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, the Williamsburg Bridge, the old architecture of New York. Uh, It's really beautiful and a really, uh, it's a gem that it's been renovated and restored since my time of living in New York City. It used to be a much, trickier trek through not as beautiful um, boardwalks yeah. and, and sidewalks. So I really appreciate it now that it is such a nice
1: run. That sounds amazing. You've painted some wonderfully vivid pictures for us there. It's, uh, that, that sounds <laughs> fantastic. Uh, running aside, uh, can you name a, a business tool, an app, a person, a, a thing that you couldn't do without, something that in, inspires you maybe? Is there anything that you can share with our with our listeners on that front? Well, this is
0: going to make me sound really low-tech and old-fashioned, but I'm on a roll, so you'll get the real me <laughs> here. Um, I'm a I'm a sucker for a good old-fashioned leather-bound notebook. There's something very official to me that makes me... Um, helps me process and prioritize. So in real time, I'll be taking quick notes on loose leaf paper or a notepad, but at the end of the day, or if I'm, when I'm able to catch up, I'll pull the most salient points and I'll only write those into the official notebook. And this you know, helps me sort of rethink the topics and assess key takeaways and which follow-ups I need to prioritize. Um, so that's really not a great tool or trick, but I know there's a million notes, apps and flags and reminders. But for me, when I'm manually transcribing, that's when I, you know, kind of do my best thinking.
1: Oh, I think that's great advice. I think that, you know, there's something about the tactile, you know, nature, isn't there, of having a, a, a something physical in your hand that you can kind of, and, and a pen to to, to, to write with. It's um, it, it creates a different kind of way of, of processing and capturing information. Um, and then business aside, um, I've got to ask you: what's, what's your favourite bit of running kit or accessory you can't do without? You, you've already told us there's there's no music or iPhone or or, 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 <laughs> or smartwatch that's out there running with you. So what is it? What is there something that that helps you when you're out on those those long long runs?
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm old school. I, I run with a basic Timex Ironman. Well, you know, digital watch—it's yep. super lightweight and like light, low tech. I think it has like a stopwatch feature, but that's about it. Um, so I will say I, I like that because it's light and it can tell me what time I need to get home. Um, and I also always like a really well-fitted baseball cap uh, to either keep the sun or the rain um, out of my eyes. But I don't know—I'm pretty—I'm pretty boring.
1: And is that baseball? Is it an M- NYC base, baseball cap, a Yankees baseball cap, or, or what? What would it look like?
0: Yeah, I have a a good Yankees baseball cap that fits, but I I tend to go towards the the dry fit. So I have a a good one from the Marathon, a nice little New Balance hat, um, which uh, is like that tech material. And it actually has a zip pocket so I can put my credit card in it in case I stop for a coffee on the way home. Um, And but yeah, that's give me a hat and a watch and I'm good to go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Final question: uh, What advice would you give to anybody in business or in a leadership role considering getting more active and, and specifically taking up running? If if I had to put you on the pedestal, pedestal and say, Karen, sell sell running. Uh, what what would what would that advice be? You
0: know. If- I think, well, there's a huge value to totally disconnecting. For me, that's being unreachable, having no agenda, and this happens on a run. I realize for others, it might be meditating or yoga and whatever space that works for you, I think you should find it and protect it. But I think running specifically Um, you know, has that added endorphin benefit. The runner's high is a real thing. If you've never experienced that, I'd encourage to give running a try for at least a few weeks. See where it takes you. Um, I know some people say running hurts or they don't like it, but I think you just need to give it, you have to give it a real college try for a couple of weeks. And I think you'll immediately start to feel the energy. It's counterintuitive, but expending energy does energize you as you get more into the rhythm. Um, And so I hope you'll, take the take the plunge
1: absolutely and if people want to find out more about uh new york roadrunners and the what you do uh where do they go how how can they how can they do that
0: so you can check us out on our website it's nyrr.org um we're also on facebook instagram um twitter all those different places um we also have uh another website for the tcs new york city marathon but you can reach that off of our nyrr.org website
1: great and we'll put all that in the in the show notes as well and and how is everything you know shaping up for this year's marathon are you feeling good is it going to be a good one
0: we are really excited Yeah, uh, we are it's on november 6th so we are less than five months away um and we're looking forward to a great day in november
1: Karen, thank you so much for taking time to catch up. Uh, I hope this year's event is a huge success and, uh, and it's been awesome to chat to you about running and business. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Karen Hempel, CEO of the New York City Marathon, for being today's guest on Run the Business. It always strikes me how humble people can be about their achievements in their particular field. Karen has been extremely successful in achieving her goals, but remains Grounded and the work she's championing with diversity and inclusion in the marathon and beyond should be applauded massively. I never asked her about her own experiences of running the New York Marathon, but maybe one for next time. And I also wonder about her role at Harvard Business School and how an organization like that incorporates health and wellness, uh, fitness and running in what must be a pretty stressful environment for students. Maybe something we could pick up in another episode. So what came through for me in that conversation? Well, knowing what time you're most effective in what you do, um, both in running and in work. It's, It's different for everyone. And working out what is the right time for you to exercise, what's the right time to work on different tasks in your work life. That can be a real game changer in how effective you can be. Uh, Personally, I think there's something in that early start mentality, uh, getting ahead of the game by exercising in the morning, being alert at the start of the day and having important conversations and tasks first thing, rather than putting them off to the afternoon when maybe you don't have that that energy and and that zest that you need. Uh, I also work across different time zones. Many people do in business these days. And I think it's important to recognize where people are that you're engaging with. You know, where are they in their day? respect that and also maybe adjust your style accordingly because with zoom calls and and the like it can be quite easy just to sort of crack on and not really consider you know the environment that that the person you're speaking to is in karen also talked a lot about space and perspective and and that's something that running gives you a lot of uh, both physical and mental it allows you to get outside of problems to think creatively In a different way. Personally, I get some of my best ideas running, and also tussle with challenges and problems in a way that doing them in the office or you know sat at a desk, I just wouldn't get the same ideas, the same solutions. I, I think that perspective is so powerful. And she also mentions the runners high, that that buzz that if you're a runner, you'll know about that. You know, the release of those hormones, the endorphins. And I wonder if that helps people in business gain clarity and be more decisive i guess in the old days some people might have used alcohol to get that kind of short-term hit that high obviously it's not sus- sustainable it's not good but i think it would be something to dig into with an expert on a future episode and, and just try and understand uh, the ph- physiological impact of running and on how people engage with other people and and make decisions how, how it affects the brain If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate it, uh, rate it positively, spread the word and share it wherever you can. It really, really helps. To finish this week, here's a quote from the founder of the New York City Marathon, the legendary Fred LeBrow. The marathon is a charismatic event. It has everything. It has drama. It has competition. It has camaraderie. It has heroism. Every jogger can't dream of being an Olympic champion, He can dream of finishing a marathon. Run the business is a Real Two Media production. With thanks to Chris Kelly, Anna Harding, and Holly Gerard for helping make it possible. I'm Anthony Gay, and until next time, keep chasing your goals. Keep on running.